And so I am overjoyed to have another chance to love on her and that uh, God has seen fit to allow her to, to be here, to be doted on uh, by myself and my siblings and by all of us, actually. We're glad to have her here. I am glad to have one of my colleagues here, uh, my co-coach. Some people call her an assistant. She assists nobody. She is my co-coach. I, I, I go to her for advice and for help, just as she, we work together. And, and it's one thing, it's, it's a beautiful thing about her that, uh, that she knows the sport and she knows how to run and how to run fast. And I remember watching her when she was an athlete and just being just in awe at how great she was as a runner. And I am also in awe at how great you are as a coach. And I'm also in awe, not so much necessarily about what she does on the track, but she knows, she understands the assignment to the point where she's not just there to get our girls good physically and to make them stronger and make them faster, but she knows that she has a higher calling, and so she brought with her today one of our sprinters. She reached out and evangelized and brought with her today one of our sprinters saying, it isn't just enough that I make you faster, Fifi. It's not just enough that I make you stronger, but I need to make you stronger in the Lord. I need to help you understand that the joy of the Lord is your strength and to give her something that she can hold on to when the times don't necessarily fall like she wants them to. When it's a little bit tougher to run, because we run in Michigan, when it's tougher to run in those 40 degree days, Fifi, we need to have something to hold on to. And so I'm thankful that my associate coach had the wherewithal to understand that our girls need more than just repeat 200s. And so I, I, I'm in good company where I am right now because of the folk that that I work with. So I'm so thankful for you being here, Coach Rebecca Hall, once again, and for Fifi, my wonderful sprinter, uh, to be here. And I obviously thank my partner. I don't know where he left off to, and happy anniversary to him and his lovely bride of 18 years uh, for Noah. And I uh, give thanks and honor to all of the fathers here, and I, if you just give me uh, a little opportunity to thank my father in his physical absence, but spiritually he is here with us. And uh, I, I can say, I can, I can plagiarize, because and, and so, you didn't get a chance to meet him, but when you see me, believe me, you have seen my father. You have heard my father. You have met my father. And I, I'm, I'm thankful that I have somebody like that to emulate, that I can actually stand up and and, and say those things because he certainly was a great role model for me. Uh, I want to talk about today, it, with it being Juneteenth, and it's already been alluded to with liberation, and we, we have some, 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 some heavy topics about liberation, including coming from slavery, and I want to bring one up that's a little bit less, uh, a little bit less heavy, a little bit lighter for you. I want to talk about uh, freedom from debt. 
And, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story. Y'all know that I'm a teacher. And if you're not aware, and this is not me complaining, but yes, it is, teachers don't make a whole lot of money. And so uh, we're teachers not making a whole lot of money, but we make decent money. We make money that we, we should be able to live. And this past year, for whatever reason, my finances was jacked up. And I, I can go ahead and let you know that. It was, it was bad. I went red. For a little bit. Mama knows this because Mama, you know, has an accounting uh, degree and taught accounting. And Mama would look at my account and say, what is going on with your money? And I had no answer for her. I finally figured out that I was taking a auto pay withdrawal um, a, a big one, and I was doing it more times than I needed to do it. And I didn't realize that I'd set it for, for bi-weekly instead of for monthly. So I was, oh goodness, I was getting gouged. So if you've ever done that before, I don't encourage it, but if you've ever done that before, what you'll notice is that all of a sudden you'll start seeing some, some pieces of mail that will come your way. And they'll be from the companies, and the companies, call, they say debt relief and debt consolidation. And, and so I, I opened one of those up and I read it and you know what, it sounded real good because it's like, we'll go ahead and we will argue on your behalf. We'll go to arbitration with these companies that you owe and we'll make it so that you owe less. And, 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 and yeah, and you'll go ahead and get that take care of and we'll wipe that off and your credit score will go up, it'll be great. And all you have to do is not use those cards anymore. Like, okay, all right, that sounds good. I can go ahead and do that. I just won't use those cards no more. And, and I went on ahead, and, and I let them argue and, and arbitrate on my behalf, and they settled those accounts for, some, you know, $5,000 less and $6,000 less. And I was really thankful. I was, all right, okay, I'm saving some money here. And then they said, now that we helped you get past the folks that was coming for you, you owe us. So I had created an alliance you see, with these people who said that they would help me get out of debt and find financial freedom. But in the process, I found myself beholden unto them. Because where it was that I could have been just paying minimums on those cards that I owed, and it was gonna take me a while, but I was eventually gonna get there. Now, instead of even paying that, now I gotta pay this this fee, this consolidated fee monthly, just so that they could get me out of debt. And so I, I, I wonder, you know, it, it sounded good at the beginning, but it ended up coming back uh, to bite me. And I'm thankful that I have, again, I have a great, great mother. I can't, I cannot say uh, enough how awesome my mother is. And she, she helped baby boy get back into the black. And I, I, I'm not, you know, I'll go ahead and say it. I wasn't good at it. I was not the best at my finances, but I got a great mother and she helped me get back into the black. And I've stayed in the black now for about, you know, four, five, five, six months. And I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I'm doing well and I feel pretty good. So I'm thankful for that. But I, I, I'm curious, I'm wondering if anybody here has ever entered into alliance with someone or with a group and it ended up backfiring on you later. And I also want to know what comes to your mind when you hear the word anointing. We heard the word anointing. I forgot. I, I lost count. But we heard it several times in the songs. 
And we'll read it here in our, in our text for this morning shortly. So I want you to consider these questions and, and talk amongst yourselves. I've already given you topics. Um, and they're right here. Talk amongst yourselves for a few minutes and we'll be back with you with thus saith the Lord. Let the church say amen. And if you, that's all right. If, if, you, if you can't say amen, I want you to, that's all right. You can do that. You can, you can talk back to me. I didn't get up here to do a monologue or a soliloquy. I'm here to preach. And preaching is supposed to be a dialogue. I need to hear back from you just like you are hearing from the Lord through me. And for some of us, if you don't know how to do that, that's all right. We can teach you. Like I said, if you don't know how to say amen, you can just say, hmm. We also had a little song back in as my old church said, if you can't say a word, can I just wave my hand? But something, like I tell my students all the time, I ask my students to show me swag. And the S stands for sit up with your head up because sitting up is the position of getting. And the W stands for watch me closely. As I move, watch me. As I move, if you stick with me, when you move with something, as, uh, when your eyes move with somebody as they're moving, you're more likely to stay in tone with them. And the A stands for ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Now, you can ask me questions about anything that I say, uh, and I'll be glad to help you understand and expound upon that a little bit later. And the most important one is that last letter, the G. The G stands for get with me. And my best students, my students that can honestly speak Spanish are the ones that talk back to me during class. The ones that find little phrases that are hung around the room or that are posted on the desk and just find ways to interject those into uh, the conversation, even while I'm just giving a lecture. But they will say things just to show that they understand. So once again, I wanted to help you understand that it's all right for you to just say amen, for you to say hmm, for you to say well, because some of you didn't understand that that was all right. And, and there's some folk that don't like when you talk when they talk. I'm not one of them folk. In case you haven't wondered, uh, in case you haven't figured it out, my last name is Morgan. I'm a little liar. I can go over you if you talk loud. If you want to praise, if you want to shout, that's quite all right. I'm not going to be offended, and I'm not going to have to quiet down. We're going to get through this together. Amen? Amen. All right. And we're going to look at now Isaiah the 10th chapter. Isaiah the 10th chapter, the 20th through the 27th uh, verses. Isaiah the 10th chapter, the 20th through the 27th verses. I'm going to pray for understanding real quick. Our Father who resists the proud and gives grace to the humble, grant us the virtue of true humility of your only begotten Son himself who gave us the perfect example that we may never offend you by our pride and not be rejected behind our self-assertion. Through Jesus the Christ, our Lord. Amen. Join me in reading the Amplified Version. Now in that day, the remnant of Israel and those of the house of Jacob who have escaped will never again rely on the one who struck them, but will rely truly on the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. A remnant will return, a remnant of Jacob to the mighty God. For through your people, O Israel, uh, for though your people, O Israel, may be as the sand of the sea, only a remnant within them will return. The destruction is determined, it is decided and destined for completion, overflowing with justice, righteous punishment for the Lord. The God of hosts says this, O my people who dwell in Zion, 
Do not be afraid of the Assyrian who strikes you with the rod and lifts up his staff against you as the king of Egypt did. For yet a little very while, and my indignation against you will be fulfilled, and my anger will be directed toward the destruction of the Assyrian. And the Lord of hosts shall stir up and brandish a scourge against them as when he smote Midian in the rock of Oreb, and as his rod was over the Red Sea. So shall he lift it up as he did in the flight from Egypt. And it shall be in that day that the burden of the Assyrian shall depart from your shoulders and his yoke from your neck. The yoke shall be destroyed because of the fatness which prevents it from going around your neck. Praised are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who gives the instruction of truth and the good news of salvation to his people, Israel, and all the people through his son, Jesus, the Messiah, our Lord. And the people said, Amen. And so we're talking about liberation and freedom, and it's a tricky topic because liberation deals with a mindset. And in this 10th chapter of Isaiah, we find him prophesying to Judah, the faithful nation of the Lord, saying that in a little while, things are going to shift. You see, there had been a war, the Syro-Ephraimite War, where the northern kingdom of Israel allied itself with Syria, but the southern kingdom of Judah, under King Ahaz, refuses to join the coalition. Furthermore, King Ahaz linked up with the king of big bad Assyria for protection. But after the war, the Assyrian king, who was once an ally, made sure to call up Ahaz and say, hey, it's time to remit. It's time to pay the check. And so when Judah does not pay up, Assyria says, all right, we'll occupy you. And in the preceding verses of 16 through 19, Isaiah has launched a long rhetorical assault upon Assyria. It says, in fact, you will meet a certain doom, but now look what the Lord does through his prophet Isaiah. He says, I'm getting ready to shift your mindset. See, in verse 20 through 27, Isaiah waxes eloquent about the restoration of the relationship between Judah and the Lord. And see, I don't know where you are right now in this room or as you're watching, but God is letting you know, forget about what's going on with your enemy and your hater. If I could tell you a little bit about, once again, I'm not a real technological person, so my favorite video game, my favorite video game as, I, as I'm on the slippery slope all the way into 40 is still to this day Pac-Man. And, and I don't, all right now, and, and I, don't, uh, I don't mean the, 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 the 3D version that wears the shoes because I see him running around here too. I don't care for him. I want the flat, two-dimensional, a uh, 16-bit, if it was even that, and he just runs around the screen and he eats dots. There's no frills to it or anything. I want that, just one button, and I just run with the little joystick. And I need to tell you that that in Pac-Man, what, what, what I've learned from my favorite video game is you understand, if you know anything about the best video game in the world, is there's four ghosts that chase him around. And well, let me say this. There's three ghosts that chase 
him around. You got the red one whose name is Blinky, the fastest one. You got Pinky is the second fastest, and he's pink. And then you got uh, Inky, who is either blue or green, depending on which, uh, who you ask. And then you got the orange one whose name is Pokey or Clyde. And Pokey is interesting because Pokey does not chase Pac-Man. You know what? He's the only one that doesn't chase Pac-Man. The only way you can die by Pokey or by Clyde is if you run into him. Let me see if, you can, if I can help you understand this. What God is saying is stop being concerned about what's going to happen to your enemy and just focus on eating the dots. I prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemy, so just go ahead and eat. Because if you worry about what's going on, you're going to end up running into your enemy. So what he says is I'm changing your perspective and wanting you to focus on your relationship. And see, that's why you were in captivity by Assyria in the first place, Judah because you abandoned me, because you forsook my Torah, because you forsook my statutes and my commandments. So he said, come back to me. Forget about what's going to happen. Your enemy's going to get yours. I understand that. I'm going to make your enemy your footstool. But in the meantime, why don't you focus on me? Why don't you worship me? Why don't you praise me? Why don't you come back to me? Why don't we reason together? You got to stop accentuating the negative and reveling in the fate that will meet our enemies. The elimination of Assyria, or any subsequent superpower for that matter, entails liberation and well-being for Judah. And the positive possibility that is suggested in verses 24 through 27 reflects how the Lord uh, tends to do with his word that he will follow harsh judgment against Judah and Jerusalem with a subsequent assurance. But this assurance is not for everybody. No, this assurance has specific addressees. Isaiah says, in that day, the Hebrew word he uses means the remnant or the ones who remain and the survivors of the house of Jacob. In its very foundation, the word that translates as escape actually means escape from death or death-causing elements. In other words, the promise of assurance and restoration is only for those few who was really in a situation that should have killed you. You ain't going to help me this morning. I'm talking about a situation that should have ended your life. It should have ended your personal life. It should have ended your social life. It should have ended your professional life. It should have ended your family life, but by the covenant loyalty and grace of God. dead, but said if you couldn't beat them, then join them, and then you actually joined up with the enemy. It's not for those who escaped and took up residence elsewhere just so that they could be comfortable and not have to go through hell, but there's a select few of us who can stay here and stand up for Jesus and say, if it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? I've been through the fire and through the flood. I've been through hell and back, but I thank the Lord that he helped me escape. Hmm. Soon enough, he says, you will no longer lean on the ally that struck you, that's Assyria, but on the Holy One of Israel. We, we talk about that one of the quickest ways to make liberation for naught is to indulge 
in the great self-deception of trusting the very agency that held you captive in the first place. You see, at first, Assyria is an ally for Judah. It's a bigger nation with a bigger, badder army, and they can help protect them. But now they've used that exact same brute force to take Judah captive against her will. Um, and if you know that when you have an alliance with a wishy-washy man, that they can turn on you on a dime. But God is not a man that he should lie. Every time he say yes, his yeas are yeas and his noes are noes. And, but when you dare do something uh, that is a little bit out of sync, it starts out beautiful. You might start out in that relationship and that, that alliance and everything is good to go. But the minute you do something that's just a little bit outside of what they want, you immediately become branded as an enemy for life. You get blackballed, you get talked about, you get cast away. But I thank God that even when I take leave of my senses temporarily and go against his will and his way, and when I forsake his commandments, he still doesn't forsake me. In fact, he invites me back and says, lean on, ally with me. And we talk about this leaning thing. Now, I'm not just giving you a pietistic slogan that's good for a t-shirt. I'm, I'm talking about a word, batah, in Hebrew that has demanding implications for political military policy. You need to think about a treaty. You need to think about a pact. To lean requires complete reorientation of policy. The psalmist had it right in Psalm 1 when he wrote, and I'm literally translating, all the happinesses of the man who does not live by the slogans of the wicked, nor promotes the lifestyles of the sinners, nor joins membership with those who ain't got nothing good to say. But his very desire is in the instruction of the Lord, and in it he does verbally repeat every chance he gets. This complete reorientation is not only a shift in actions, but it's a shift in mindset, which will ultimately drive the shift in action. It's a shift from secular advice to biblical advice. It's a shift from secular opinion to biblical truth. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. It's a shift from what I feel and what I think to what I know the Lord has spoken in his word. Word. This complete reorientation is signaled by a return, not just a geographical homecoming from exile, but a willing and unreserved re-engagement with the sovereignty of the Lord. And so the promise of the prophet is that the survivors will become an increasingly responsive people of the Lord, not tempted and seduced by alternative securities or alternative loyalties. And yet, lest Judah get too overconfident while they're in exile, lest we say, I just know he's going to deliver us so we can do whatever we want to do, however we want to do it, the Lord makes another promise. And he says this through Isaiah. He says, Judah will suffer. Judah's going to go through some changes, and I need to pause if I can just a little bit here because I need to tell you that Judah means 
praise, send praise first to Yahweh. Yahweh is the name, is the covenant name of the Lord that we serve. And Judah means give praise first to Yahweh. So I need to point out to some people because there's some things that we get told, and I think that they mean well, but they're telling you bad gouge. And they say that if you praise, you're not going to have to go through nothing. But this is what Judah means, send praise first. And he says, even though you are praising me, you're going to go through some changes. I need to let you know that it's not always sunny in Philadelphia. It's not always sunny in Grand Rapids. It's not always sunny in Portland. Sometimes when I lift my hands, the enemy is busy lifting their hands. Sometimes when I'm praising the Lord, the enemy is busy and I got to go through some things. But you got to understand that just because I'm going through some things, look at verse 24. The God of hosts now speaks. It is the utterance of the awesome one. That is a salvation oracle, and it is intended to counter the fear of Judah that leads to despair. The utterance, the invisible word of God that counters the very real and visible threat to Assyria. His word against my circumstance. His word against my trials. His word against my tribulations. His word against my uncertainties. His word against all of my failures. I understand that the odds may seem stacked up against us and the road is rough and the going gets tough, but it's the word that the faithful trust in even in the midst of circumstances, there was a song I remember hearing back at my old church that through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus and I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, I've learned to depend upon his, anybody been in that church? His, upon his word. His word says survive. If you can't fix it, just keep on living and outlive it. If you can't change it, then keep on living and watch him change it around you. He's says the end of the season will come when soon well how soon the Hebrew word says very soon now I have to tell you that this is not chronos as we say in Greek which is what we use to actually time things it's not seconds it's not minutes it's not years it's not hours this is just an assuring invitation to hope and trust in Kairos, which is a timetable that is about when he is going to show up and what he is going to do. What it says is it is very soon before Assyrian power fades. Just rest assured that it will fade. It will end as soon as his wrath against Judah is spent. And I don't know about you, but I take solace in knowing that his anger endureth but for a moment. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. How can I be confident that it will come? Because I can remember. Isaiah reminds the people of two great deliverances that they had experienced in the past, Egypt and Midian. Everybody from Judah and Israel would have understood Egypt and Midian. 
And the lesson here is plain, that if he could deliver you from those mighty powers, then he certainly can deliver you from Assyria as well. You and I were not alive during the Emancipation Proclamation. We were not alive on Juneteenth. Many of us here were not alive during the passage of the Civil Rights Act, but what the Lord wants us to learn are certain principles from the past that still have universal implications. And so he's calling us to make new choices in light of those old truths. And that is why it is so important, young people, to listen to the testimony of our elders. I need to listen to how daddy made a way, how he made a way for daddy so I can hold on because I know he'll make a way for me too. I can listen to mama when she talks about how he would abase her wannabe captors and I can hold on until he abases mine. Her grandmama and granddaddy may have struggled, but God provided, and so they lived, and because they lived, I know that I can live. And so here's where we come back to our premise, that liberation is only effective when there's a complete reorientation of both mind and body. This is why the Lord says, once I liberate you, it's up to you to stay liberated. Look at the text. He says, in that day, his burden shall drop from your back. Now, this is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes, for he will dispose of the folk who have the yoke on you, which in turn frees you from the yoke. You understand that the easiest way to keep somebody from putting something around your neck is to pull your head up and back like this. We, we, we would call that getting a brace when I was at the Naval Academy. And they used to make the plebes, the freshmen, they used to make us do this. And, and, and I used to wonder at the time, I, I wondered, but I didn't really have time because when you're a plebe, you just do yes, sir, no, sir. And I would do that. And I said, what are they having us do that for? This is just to, to make us look crazy because you know that they had to take away our dignity in some way so we could become so abased that we would be a good follower before we could be a good leader. That's what I thought it was. But now, almost 40-year-old me understands that they made us get a brace. And because I read this verse, and when you have a brace, you're upright. When you have a brace, you're at attention. And see, the position of attention is the position of attention. The position of attention is the position of intimidation. The position of attention is the position of authority. The position of attention is the position of observation. The position of attention is the position of attack. When I'm in the position of attention, I can defend myself. When I'm in the position of attention, I can easily reach for my sword. When I'm in the position of attention, I can access my weapon. When I'm in the position of attention, I can defend myself. I can keep folk off of me when I'm in the position of attention. And so you see, when you brace, it makes your neck fat. And your neck gets too fat for somebody to try to put something on you. The Amplified Bible says that the yoke breaks off because of fatness. King Jimmy used to say that it's the anointing that will cause the yoke to break. Both of them are correct, but you see, one of them is cause and the other is effect. See, the anointing is none other than the Word of God. Look at it right back in your text. Verse 24, Isaiah said, the Lord says, hmm, 
thing uh, the Lord says. And then in verse 27, he says, on that day, in other words, when the Lord says, the burden drops. When the Lord says, you got to back up off me. When the Lord says, I can't have nothing holding me down. Well, when is he speaking? The writer of Hebrews says, in past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things. And through him, he made the universe. Come here, John. John says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among the men. So Jesus is the word, and because I have the word, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This word will I hide in my heart that I may not sin against God. You understand, when I get the word in me, that's when my neck gets fat. When I get the word in me, that I know no weapon formed against me shall prosper, and everybody that lies against me in judgment shall be dealt with. When the word is in you, yeah, he'll lift up a standard against you when the enemy come in like a flood. When the word is in you, blessed in the city shall you be, and blessed in the field. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. When the word is in me, I can make my neck fat. When the word is in me, I can get confidence. When the word is in me, I get boldness. When the word is in me, I have authority. When the word is in me, I have identity. When the word is in me, I have liberty. Stand therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made me free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage, which is sin. I'm free so I can walk. I'm free so I can live. I'm free so I can stand my ground in the evil day. Having done all to stand, I can stand not just because of my feet. I can stand because of Christ. One day when I was lost, he died upon the cross. But I know it was the blood for me. The blood came streaming down. He was buried in a borrowed tomb, but he got up early on Sunday morning. He said, I can stand. I'm bowing my neck against death. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Sting, where is thy grave? Grave, where is your victory? I, I, I can stand. I can stand. I can stand. I can stand in the liberty. Hmm. Ah, ah. The anointing. So, John tells. In 1 John, says, we are already anointed. So you already have the anointing. So when you make your neck fat, 
<laughs> when you get that brace. Uh, nobody can lock you back up in bondage. Hmm. And there's an alliance. We just broke away from an alliance with the enemy, and now we are allying ourselves with Christ, the anointed one. It's one thing to have anointing. It's another thing to always be attached to the source. Am I right about it? When I need to be attached to the source, because sometimes I let that brace go. And so I would need my squad leader to be back in my, Morgan, get your brace. You need to remind me. So I'm attached to the source. And one of the things that reminds me that I'm attached to the source is the Lord's Supper. And so on the day, the night in which he was betrayed, Jesus got with his remnant, his disciples. And he took bread just from the Passover and he broke it and he said, eat from this. Come back and align with me. And because and, 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 this represents my body being broken for you. And as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. Do it to remind you that this is the alliance. And he also took the cup. And he said, drink from the cup. And this is the, the New Testament that's created in my blood. And that alliance reminds yourself every time you drink from this cup that you have an alliance with me. That you are attached to the source. And so we do that today in remembrance of being attached to the source.